Blog Talk Radio. Do I have this thing muted? No. No. How come I can't hear the intro? Hold on. I can't either. Blah, blah, blah. It's, oh, I, the, okay. I see what's going on. Hang on. Audio device. Um, oh, come on. Where's it at? There it is. Wine. Less confusing and more. Oh, there we go. Host to come. Well, hang on. I want to hear it from the beginning. There we go. <laughs> this is all about wine. The talk show dedicated to the wine industry since 2009. Featuring winemaker, master, vineyardist, and tasting expert, Ron. Basically, what we're trying to do on this program is just trying to educate people and trying to make wine less confusing and more friendly. From coast to coast and around the world. You know, we really have had some, some neat people on the program. I, I just, I, just I love that. I love that. Questions and comments during the live show on our Facebook page at www.facebook.com forward slash allaboutwinebtr. Again, that's www.facebook.com forward slash allaboutwinebtr. And now, All About Wine is on. Is on. Here's Ron. And we do have a, a guest tonight from coast to coast and around the world. Yes. And, oh, yeah. Uh, first, before uh, we pull Joe, Joe, just hang loose. I've got to make a, a couple of quick comments here. Last week, I asked people to email us on how you are listening to us. And if you're listening to this show, please continue to do so because we're just curious what format is being used out there to listen to us. And Gary Sextro from Texas said that he listens to us on Stitcher. So that's something new. We didn't realize we were being carried by Stitcher. So, uh, Gary, thank you for taking the time to email us and letting us know that. We had no idea we were being uh, being broadcast on Stitcher. So that's uh, that's good to know. So, But continue. If you uh, are listening to us on different formats, then let us know. We really would like to know what is the... Uh, Besides Blog Talk Radio, we know we know you're listening on Blog Talk Radio because that's our basic format. But anything else, uh, then drop us a line. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. And let us know. We didn't have no idea. Yeah. So, uh, that's one more one more announcement I want to make quickly here is the fact that I have a cold, so I am mm-hmm. going to be, you know, coughing and. and you know, cold noises. I will try to keep them to a minimum or cover up the microphone. But if you, if I do interrupt, I want to apologize for that. And then one last announcement before we bring Joe into the show is today's my birthday. Yay! Yay! Oh, hang on, hang on. I got it. Where's, uh, where's, where's, I have, I have uh, here it is. I think. Right. Yeah, there you go. Big crowd, big crowd. Yeah, today's my birthday. Right. I'm getting to be yeah. an older man, but yeah, uh, it's well, at this birthday. age. You, well, thank you. At this age, you don't you don't really worry too much about it, but still. So, we have a guest, Joe yeah. uh, Rasovich, I believe, uh, who is the chief technology officer for Ulo. It is a, well, I'll tell you what. Instead of me trying to tell you what it is, Joe's been sitting there patiently waiting. We're going to bring him on the show, and he can tell us all about it. So, 
Welcome to All About Wine, Joe. Hey, how's it going, Ron? Thanks for having me. Going quite well, thank you. And uh, Uh, happy birthday as well. Oh, Congratulations. Yeah, I'm I'm 72 years old today. I've been around for a while, so. Well, Uh, every birthday is worth celebrating, no matter what the age is. Yeah, no matter what age it is. Yeah, hopefully you're pouring something nice. Yeah, always, always. And actually... (laughs) Uh, I use your product, so uh, we'll, we'll talk Great. about that in a little bit. First, uh, you are the chief technology officer, CTO, of the company Ulo, and you have invented uh, all sorts of stuff for the company, and you've done all sorts of things for it. And what was the startup in 2015, I believe, but... Instead of me telling your story, I'm going to let you tell your story and uh, tell us about Ulo and how it got started and uh, and the little history of you and what you've done. In fact, uh, I read your history, and you have a quite exciting background, I noticed. So I'm going to let you talk. So go ahead and tell us all about you and Ulo. Great. I appreciate it. Um, and, yeah, I, I don't know if my background is that exciting. It's a, a bit circuitous, but uh, happy to fill in where I can. Um, so, yeah, Ulo got started in 2014, um, and I, I was not the one who invented the technology. That was actually our um, CEO and founder, James Kornacki. So he was working on a Ph.D. in organic chemistry um, at Northwestern Illinois here in – or Northwestern University here in Illinois – um, and he, you know, wanted to do something different with his degree um, and figured out that he could remove sulfites from wine um, and invented, you know, a patent pending um, patent technology, actually, on a resin that will do that and not affect the, the wine. So it's a selective sulfite capture is what we call it. Um, so he had that technology in 2014. I had um, started a master's at Northwestern and met him in a course that was all about bringing technology out of the labs and into the marketplace. Um, So I had, um, in my previous life, before that master's, I had been a French major as an undergrad, um, along with a biochem major, um, studied abroad in France and really got exposed to wine, fell in love with wine. Um, Gary Vaynerchuk was big at the time and kind of roped me in as a newly Um, (laughs) 21-year-old. So fascinated by wine and Went to law school, realized if I was going to be a patent attorney, um, I would have to get a master's. So I went and got my master's, and that's why I met James. So we kind of spent all of the fall semester 2014 and the spring semester of 2015 um, kind of looking at what the market could be for sulfite removal. We eventually moved forward with having a Kickstarter, so crowdfunding campaign. Um, at the close of that campaign, we were the largest um, funded wine product or wine um, program through any wow. crowdfunding campaign. Um, so that really gave us, you know, a jolt of adrenaline to say, we're going to do this. Um, and so 2015, you know, we, we found manufacturers, we figured out how to build the business. We brought in um, another business partner, Jim, who's been, you know, great at helping us grow. He had all the experience in retail. Um, so 2015 was really putting all the pieces together, getting the bottom layer of the pyramid set up. Um, and then, you know, 2016, we just, we had a great year. We got some exposure. People loved the product. Um, retail got excited. We expanded. Um, we started selling product. 
um, from there, it's just kind of snowballed. Um, channels have gotten bigger. We've expanded internationally, so we're sold in the UK. Um, we're sold in the EU. We're sold in Australia, Canada. Um, wow. You know, the Asian markets are another market we want to tackle. The language divide makes it a little slower. Um, but we've really gone global, and, you know, the pandemic hit, um, you know, unfortunately for the world. And luckily we were prepared, and um, turns out a lot of people enjoy wine when they're stuck at home all day. So, uh-huh. you know, we've just been trying to get the word out there even more and, well, you know, enjoy wine a little bit more while they're stuck at home and, um, you know, hopefully engage with wine a little bit more and, and learn a bit more about what goes into making a wine um, and how your kind of sensory perception of wine can be affected by certain things. Um, so that's kind of a little bit of our history. As I mentioned, my own background, I, you know, studied abroad in France, and that really kickstarted the love affair with wine. Um, it wasn't until 2017 that I started doing kind of wine certifications. So I did quarter master psalms through certified sommelier. Um, I'm in progress of doing my diploma wine and spirit education trust. I have two units left on that. Um, and I've also taken a few of the um, wine scholar guild uh, exams. So notably the, the French wine scholar, um, which, you know, probably isn't a surprise to anyone who knows me, but um, that's kind of a little bit of who I am and, um, how I came to wine and who we are as Ulo. So you, you embraced wine once you found out uh, that, well, it seems like everybody who's ever been in France for any length of time all of a sudden embraces wine. It just, you have to do it. But you embraced wine and just ran with it. You're getting all sorts of certifications and and just immersed yourself into the, uh, the field, it seems. Yeah, it's just... Um... You know, once I got into the habit of kind of just studying wine and wanting to know more, every exam I took, I realized I really don't know anything. And so that kind of spurred me to learn more yeah. and, and take the next exam. And, you know, if I pass the diploma W set, the next one is Master of Wine. I'm sure even if I pass that in the future, I'll just say I still don't know anything. Because yeah. um, it's always changing. There's always new things to learn. And uh, it's, well, it's fun. It's fun to learn about wine. <laughs> it's just like when you walk into a bookstore, you look at the medicine and the uh, that section of books, and it's usually the biggest, but then you go over to the wine section, and it is almost the same size as the medicine section. And there's just so much information and so many yeah. things you can learn. It's just amazing. Absolutely. And you can really come to wine from multiple angles. You know, I think... At the beginning, I came to wine for cultural reasons. You know, I, I love France, the French language, the history. Um, it's synonymous with French culture. But as you get into it, you know, you can dive deep into the chemistry of wine. You can dive deep into the, you know, um, natural aspect of the geology, the weather, the climate. You can do history. I mean, there's just so many different ways that you can approach wine. And each of them is a lifetime study, too. I mean, when it comes yeah. to that, you, it's, yeah. it's not just like, well, I'm going to study a little bit of this and a little bit of that because you'll never touch the surface. You pick one and you just dive so deep into it and it, you never stop learning, you know, be it the yeah. the terror or be it the whatever. And it's just, that's what makes wine so much fun, though. That's, you know, there's so many different aspects of it. And, uh, you know, yeah. the living thing of wine. But, okay, wow. Um, so, I've got a, yes. Oh, sorry. 
I've got oh, a go quick ahead. question. I'm just curious. Uh, what does ULO mean, and what is the origin of the of it? That's funny. I was uh, just going to ask you the same thing. Oh, so it's, <laughs> it's a great question, and, and it's partly um, invented. But we, you know, James was a PhD in chemistry, and, and he has an eye for design. Um, I do not. I'm I'm kind of a just a science person and and wine person. Um, but you know, through help with some of our product designers, they kind of stumble on these old alchemy symbols, um, you know, like for antium, gold, you know, earth, wind, fire. Um, and there was a symbol for purify. And it was essentially kind of a smiley face with the two eyes of the smiley face over, you know, the smile. Um, mm. And so James and our designers kind of looked at that and said, well, you know, this means purify. Part of what we're doing with ULO is removing a preservative, so that can be considered purify. Um, so what if we, you know, just kind of change that symbol into a U with an umlaut? Um, you know, we're also looking at Scandinavian design and being minimalist and kind of clean lines. So ULO sounded um, like it fit the bill. And, you know, there was some yeah. thought behind it of we want ULO to be a verb. It's not just a product. It's not just, you know, it doesn't solve a problem. It is kind of a lifestyle. It is something that um, you know, you ulo your wine. You don't just remove sulfites. You <laughs> ulo it. Um, so that's that's really the origin. It was that symbol for purifying, then um, creative license to kind of tell the story about the product and the brand through that. Perfect. Huh. Okay. Thank you. Uh, yeah, is uh, is it copyrighted? Uh, the brand name? Yeah. 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 Uh, we have an uh, intellectual property on it. Okay. Yeah, I just you know because it's so easy to copy something. Like that. Um, yeah. You know the little umlaut above it. Okay, ULO. Okay, that's pronounced U L L O for all of you out there. It's ULO. Um, actually, with a little umlaut above the U, it just gives you a little little different yeah. sound there. For simplicity, our our website is ulowine.com without the umlaut. So um, you'll see us a lot of times without the umlaut just because. Uh, maybe the state of Illinois won't let you incorporate with an umlaut or, you know, Amazon doesn't want special characters. So um, <laughs> U-L-L-O and ulowine.com, if you, you know, some people say it's U-I-I-O, it's, it's really not. But if you search <laughs> any of those, you will find us. I don't know where the good eyes. I mean, the, the L's are big enough on there. So <laughs> that's funny that they won't allow the characters. Um so, the Ulo filter system, the the mechanism, all this stuff, how did this come about? I know you invented it. I know you put it together. But how the process, tell me about that. Yeah, so James invented the resin. Um, you know, he was studying epigenetics, and so – Oftentimes you use these what they call enzyme immobilization resins where you can immobilize enzymes or um, different compounds onto these resins so that you can extract compounds. Um, so when he was thinking about this problem of removing sulfites, he thought, well, why can I use, you know, one of these food-grade resins to just bind the sulfites? It won't affect anything else in the wine, and everything can flow right through. And so that's, that's what he embedded. That's our selective sulfite capture um, filters. And so once we had that um, filter technology, it then became a question of, well, 
what's the easiest way to get the wine to pass through this so that the sulfites can bind? Um, and then the person who wants to enjoy the wine, you know, doesn't have to have a chemistry lab in their, in their home. Um, and that's really where, we, where James started working with a product design firm here in Chicago called Minimal. Um, and they kind of looked at these filters, and we, you know, at that time we had decided on the kind of what I'll call, um, you know, hockey puck design. I guess that's probably the best uh, visual. Um, so that way, you know, we could get wine to go through it. We could put it in a column, use gravity. Um, so it really just became a question of how do we design a product around that, you know. And so when you think about fluid dynamics, you, you would think it'd be easy to just get the wine to go through and remove the sulfites. But pretty much every part of that product, um, we've spent hours trying to optimize, you know, making sure it doesn't leak, making sure that the largest percentage of the resin is exposed to the wine, making sure that the wine can easily flow through it, not overflow. Um, but it's a fairly simple product once you have it in your hand. It's, it's really just kind of a column um, that you can separate. You can put the filter in the middle on the pink filter tray. You snap it back together. And then on the top, there's a little reservoir. You pour your wine into that. Gravity eventually helps it go through the filter. And then you have sulfite-free wine. Um, so it's, it's a beautiful product in my mind. Um, I don't know if my description <laughs> really <laughs> makes it sound beautiful, but that's kind of the um, design impetus behind it. Um, and then from there, you know, we, we didn't want materials that would, you know, change the taste of wine, so food-grade silicone and um, BPA-free plastics, you know. Um, and then we wanted it to be visually appealing. You know, it's, wine is a sensory experience. You want it to taste good. You want it to smell good. You want it to look beautiful. Um, and we, we like the way that we aerate the wine as well by having it go through the swirl at the bottom. Um, it's visually engaging. It's, it's pretty to watch. Um, so we really we wanted a product that doesn't just do the job of removing sulfides, but really enhances the whole aesthetic um, experiential moment of enjoying wine. And it does. I, I have... Uh, the Ulo decanter and filters and the uh, aerator and all that. And when I used it, I did not expect too much, honestly, the first time I used it, because there are a plethora of products out there on the market that say, well, I'll use this to remove sulfites and use that to remove sulfites. And there's, you know, there's so many of them, and some of them, uh, are just some ways to get your money, I mean, and you know that as well as I do. You know, there's yeah, and yeah. I, I was I was not expecting too much, but when I did it, you know, you really I don't know I I can taste sulfites in wine since I've made wines and I you know I know what I'm looking for and all that, and it gave it a fresher, cleaner taste. I, I can say that <laughs> much for it. It, it, it. That and that in itself was was great it just it was a uh a happy result that i was not expecting and so mm -hmm. uh that's you yeah. know and, and 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 that in itself is you know coming from me who is a skeptic when it comes to sulfite removal and all that that is a that's a pretty good testimony um it uh just it, it created the 
the freshness that you really look for in a wine. I did not put anything real old through it. I mean, the wines that I put through it were were young, drinkable wines. And so, you know, I mean, old wines have their own character, and I don't think I would want to, but... uh, it it really did. It brought out the freshness and it brought out the crispness and all that. And without any any notice of of sulfites in the wines I got, I don't know how heavy they are in sulfites anyway. Because most wines, usually young wines, aren't real heavy. But it did give a freshness to it that I really enjoyed. So yeah, yeah. And we you know we often play this magic trick of you know we'll give people a sample of you know wine that hasn't been purified, um, which is what we call, you know, passing it through the ulo. So we'll give them a taste of wine that hasn't been purified and wine that has, and we'll kind of write down the descriptors that we know they're going to say. And like you said, you know, almost every time someone tastes, we'll say, you know, describe the wine that's been uloed, and they'll say rounder, fresher, smoother, less kind of bite at the back. Um, and it's, you know, we've we've done this, Thousands of times we've um, we've had our product in Costco where we do in-store demonstrations, um, and we we just know that this is always kind of the result. Um, and you know, it also stems from the fact that we we really do remove sulfites. Um, you know, there are, there are other products out there. Some are just we believe hydrogen peroxide, um, which is a very indiscriminate way of removing sulfites. I mean, it's oh, certainly. Yeah will do it, but it'll oxidize a lot of other compounds on its route to getting to the sulfides. Um, but our, I mean, our patented technology really just removes sulfides. Um, you know, sulfides are very reactive. So when we form these bisulfide adducts, which is the way they bond to the filter, um, one, you know, just a, kinetically it's very favorable, meaning it's going to bind sulfides before anything else. Um, and then two, to a lesser extent, you know, this resin is nanoporous, and not every compound in wine can really get into those pores to bind. The sulfites, however, can. Um, so we've, we really have validated the technology and the science behind it um, quite extensively, and that's really what's made selling the product so much easier because we know once people experience it, um, they can see the science behind it. They can taste the difference. Um, you know, obviously some wines show more than others. Um, as you said, old wines, we don't typically recommend it because I'm you know, if it's no. a natural closure, um, you know, the cork is probably going to let in a little bit of oxygen, which is going to diminish some of the presence of the sulfides or at least your perception of them. All right. um, so we don't recommend it for that. But, you know, young white wines, um, especially if they're made kind of in a reductive style where you might have the winemaker adding a little bit more to prevent that oxidation, those wines show beautifully. Um, they're some of my I, favorites at Ulo. I did uh, a test with a red and a white, a young red, you know, and uh, I mm-hmm. won't give the names, there's no reason to, but I used a young red and uh, a, a common one you find in the store, and it was, again, bright. Uh, just, I, I, and I use that word, just a fresh brightness to it that uh, came out, and I used it on a, a white also. And the same thing, uh, it was, uh, again, bright, uh, crisp, and it, very enjoyable. So, uh, you yeah. know, kudos, kudos to, the, to you for, for doing that. It was, uh, it, it was pleasant. It really was. I've tried 
sulfite testers before and removals and without mentioning the names of the products most of them were just gimmicks uh, i i can test sulfites i know how to do it i you know like i said i had a winery and i usually put the wines in the uh the removal systems through a sulfite test before and after and mm-hmm. there was a, a reduction in in the Udo. Um Most of mm-hmm. I saw no difference at all. But the Udo, there was reduction in sulfide. So, you know, just that yeah. in itself uh, was a surprise. Yeah. Well, and the kudos really goes to James who invented it. I mean, I, as much as I love wine and chemistry, I would have never put the two and two together. But um, I guess he has the mind of the inventor, <laughs> and uh, I don't. So. <laughs> Well, he found you and you ran with it, though. That is something that is, uh, or you found him, however it worked, and you ran with it. And that's something, too, that's great because so many times people will come up with an idea or a product and they don't know really what they're going to do with it or how it's going to help them or anything. And you had the wherewithal, the good sense to say, hey, wine can use that, and you put it together from there. So. Yeah, well, and we've been lucky with everyone we've worked with, um, employees, investors, you know, our PR firm who put this together. We've we've just been lucky. Um, but anyway. Yeah, uh, your website, udowine.com. Uh, com. That's, you know, no umlauts over the U because bureaucracy. <laughs> but... Uh, <laughs> A lot of lot of neat information on there uh, for people. It, it just you know, out there, check out that site because there's uh, there's a lot of uh, uh, well, just tells about the product. It shows the product too, which is something. I mean, I, everyone should you know check out the site just so they can get a look at the product. It is different than what you would normally expect a product to. Uh, to be. I mean, we've seen all these different types of sulfide removers on the market over the years, and uh, they went from, you know, sublime to absurd. And this is really a, a decorative piece to add to your wine bar. Um, and, and the question is, who came up with this design? Well, I, you know, again, that was um, James and then our design firm, Minimal. They um, probably the better part of half a year, even wow. before I had met James. Um, kind of designing and looking at different use cases, um, you know, different dimensions, different kind of styles. Um, so it was a very iterative process. But from the beginning, you know, James knew this has to be beautiful. I mean, wine, n- nobody wants to keep in their wine drinking experience by, you know, some of these other products where you just add drops or, um, you <laughs> know, things that up, you have yeah. to, yeah, stir it up. It's you know, he knew that um, he had the foresight to just say, like, wine is an aesthetic experience. It's, you know, it's part of your table. It's part of your culture. It's part of your history. It's how you welcome people to a new home. It, you know, it's, it really is part of a lot of people's lives. And in order to have our product, you know, really be glued on to that process or that experience, it had to be beautiful. Um, so they, they worked a long time just kind of, kicking around different ideas, different designs. Um, you know, we went through pitch deck after pitch deck of, you know, we could do it this way. We could have it curve a little bit different. We could have a different pattern here. Um, 
so it was it was a collaboration, but I think everybody agreed it, it had to be beautiful um, right. because you know if it's not, it, it just makes it feel like a gimmick. Um, and we at, at this time we knew the technology worked, we had proof of concept, um, and we you know we didn't want this to be a short term thing. We didn't want it to be a Kickstarter, you know, rah rah, and then kind of move on. We we made a conscious choice to really see this through and build it up, build it as big as it could be. And um, because of that, you know, knowing that it had to be beautiful um, and kind of be easy to use and, you know, you want to keep it out, those things all factored into the design. Um, I wish I could speak more into the, the mind of a designer and how they really go about thinking about it. But, um, again, I James has that eye, not me. <laughs> yeah. It- he did an excellent job. I mean, you know, congrats to him on it. It really is a nice-looking, um, what, instrument? Uh, it, it, uh, and it's one of those, two that, well, with the little holder that comes with it, and there's a real nice holder that you put the filter on, and it's not just a cheap piece of plastic that sits on your bar. It's actually a decorative, heavy uh, paperweight type holder. It, it is very, uh, very strong, and it's one that you like to display. And that's one thing about the Ulo. I have to say, it is, it, it's uh, one that you keep on the uh, on the bar with your uh, wines and stuff. Yep. It's not one yep. that you throw underneath the counter and display or uh, out of display. You want to keep it up there. You want you know so you can have it so people can see it. So. Yeah, I'm sure you, like me, have run into the issue of, you know, you open your kitchen drawer and you say, how did I get 10 corkscrews, 15 stoppers, <laughs> five pours? And, you know, we didn't want to fall into that's beautiful enough um, that why not keep it out all times? It's a good reminder to, you know, ulu your wine, be part of the ritual. And um, I, I appreciate all those comments because that's exactly what we want and and we think that's how people use it. Um, you know, it's, it deserves to be out, and it's, you know, easier to clean that way and always reminds you to use it. So appreciate that comment. Yeah, it's, you know, like I say, it's a nice-looking a nice uh, tool for your wine collection, and it's one that should be displayed, I think. The uh, white wine, you and your website goes into this a little bit more, and you've mentioned it a couple times, and, you seem to gravitate toward white wines more than reds, and I, I was just—I'm curious why, why white wines, and are you looking at a design that will enhance reds, or you know, it just—it seems to be gravitating more toward whites. I, yeah, and that's—it's um, a number of different things. I mean, probably the biggest factor is that our customer base um, seems to drink that more often. You know, whenever we have customers kind of say, oh, my favorite wine is this, will it work on that? It it turns out it's usually a white wine. Um, We also find that customers can taste the difference a lot more with white wines, just because sometimes, you know, the tannins, if they're drying out your mouth or kind of getting on your palate, um, they might not focus on it. Yeah. So, um, we do focus on white wines just because we, we tend to see our customers drinking more white wines. That's what we hear. But 
you know, it'll work equally well with reds or whites. Um, I do think whites, you know, with a fresh style of Sauvignon Blanc that might be reductively made in stainless steel, um, not a lot of exposure to oxygen, um, you know, those winemakers really want to preserve those aromas. They're probably going to add in a little bit more SO2 just to make sure that no oxygen gets in there. And if it does, you know, we're going to tamp down any of that oxidative aromas. Um, you know, red wines, there's still a fair amount of sulfites in there, often very comparable to white wines. Um, you might not notice it because, you know, they combine to tannins. Um, if there's a little bit of RS, you know, most people um, won't notice the sulfites that bind to that. But right. um, it, it works equally well with both wines. Yeah, um, I, clientele just drinks more I white. Did, I did use it on, on a red, and it, it, it showed a young red. I. You know, anyone who's listening, if you're going to try it, don't need to call them and ask them. Don't use it on the older wines. I mean, you know, let the older wines shine through for what they are, be it red or white. But uh, I, I think this price is made for the younger wines because by the time the wine gets older, it's going to start balancing out that SO2 with everything else that's in the wine, and you're not going to mm -hmm. notice it, but keep it with yeah. the younger wines. And especially with, you know, natural closures, um, a little bit of oxygen going through the cork, you know, it's going to help the wine evolve. Um, and some of those sulfites, you know, they might precipitate out with the tannins um, or they might, you know, react with the oxygen. Well, it's technically not the oxygen, but the species that are oxidized by the oxygen. Um, so you'll see sulfite levels decrease over time. So if you're hitting that sweet spot of where the winemaker wants you to be drinking it, um, usually you won't have to worry about the sulfites. But, you know, in America, we're kind of a, uh, I bought the wine at the grocery store tonight. I'm going to pull the I'm going to drink it tonight. I'm going to enjoy it. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, yeah. We do, it, it works on any wine. I've, I've used it on aged wines. Um, you still notice a difference. But, you know, we just know that, unfortunately, not everyone has a cellar where they're aging wines for, you know, year on year. Um, so we, we try and tailor our messaging to how customers are actually enjoying wine every day. Well, I, a statistic that I read a while back which shocked me, but I believe it's true. 95% of all wines purchased is drank within the first 30 days. Yeah, I, uh, you, know, it, you know, I believe it. it. Um, I believe it. You start thinking There's about some it. Wines that I, I hope people age a little longer, but you know, for the most part, I, I think winemakers understand that as well. And you yeah. know, we'll have estate bottlings, and then we'll have prestige cuvées that, um, for people who want to age, you know, we got that for them. Well, yeah, and that's just the, that's the five percent, and they know what they're doing, and they do it. But uh, yeah. most of the time, people will drink it. And if you're going to drink a wine, a wine soon, then something like the Hulu is is a nice addition to that wine because you're going to balance it out and bring out the brightness and the, the freshness in it. Yeah, and, and by removing the sulfites, you know, you really do help the wine open up um, because one yeah. thing sulfites do is, you know, the free sulfites will look for what's oxidized and bind to it. So if you have, you know, oxygen gets in, gets converted to hydrogen peroxide, which then can oxidize ethanol into acetaldehyde, you don't want to be smelling or drinking acetaldehyde, but the free sulfites right. can kind of bind to that and knock it out. So when you remove the sulfites, you do allow oxygen to more readily 
oxidize the wine. And I know that has a bad connotation, but um, especially but for a wine up. that's, yeah. yeah, it really opens it up. So, you know, yeah. we, we don't often say it, but it's, in some ways it's a way of chemically decanting a wine. Um, yeah. And that just doesn't have a, a pretty ring to it. So like you said, we, we do think that removing the sulfites opens the wine up, lets the flavors really come alive, lets the aromas come alive and gives you some of that feel of a wine that's, you know, not been under a screw cap for the past, you know, 40 days and still needs time to evolve and, and come into its own. And then, you know, you mentioned screw cap. Another thing I heard is that long-term aging with screw caps has tended to increase the sulfite levels of wines, which I, 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 thought that was strange, but it scared me to think of that. If you're aging a bottle with a screw cap, it it could bring out more sulfites in it. So, hmm, interesting. Yeah, I'm not, I'm not sure how that would happen, but, I, you know, I know there's always people researching, um, like, screw caps. How do we make them so that we can tune the amount of oxygen that comes through? So maybe, right. you know, cork would let in X percentage, whereas a screw cap, now we can tune it to be, like, 20% of that. Right. Um, so there are there are smart people always researching <laughs> things to get it perfect and I'll leave them to it because I don't I don't know if I have the chops to do that. <laughs> no, I know, me either. I just you know, I I read articles and when I read something like that I go, Oh, well, I wonder how that works, you know, and yeah. And I don't yeah. don't dwell into it any further because then you start using symbols that I'm not familiar with when you do it, you know, so <laughs> <laughs> yeah. well, and, and one other um, wine that we should mention are, are sweet wines. You know, oh, unfortunately, you I, I don't see a lot of people drinking them these days, probably because, you know, we think sugar is the demon, and it, right. it probably is. But, um, you know, a, a Trokenbeer and Auslefe or Sautern, um, those high sugar wines usually have quite a bit of sulfites because the sulfites will become bound to the sugars. Right. Um, so I find that those wines really open up beautifully after Ulo. Um, I really? will say the viscosity of those wines, it takes a little slower to, um, to purify. Go through the filter. once you yeah. do, yeah. I mean, they can be, they can be beautifully um, aromatic and open, um, and you don't have to wait decades. So, uh-huh. and, and they'll also have a bit more sulfites in it because noble rot, you do have to worry about gray rot and black rot. Um, and lactase, which is an enzyme that kind of browns the wine. So oftentimes those wines will get, you know, a little bit of sulfites um, prior to even fermentation. So maybe at harvest, if it's, well, probably won't be mechanical harvesting if it's ostracized, but um, you might get a little bit of sulfites there to just prevent, you know, oxidation or microbial foliage on the route to the winery. Um, You might get a little bit of press just to prevent lactase from browning the juice. Um, so those wines tend to, you know, have more sulfides. Um, and not surprisingly, the EU allows a higher um, maximum level of sulfides for those wines. But Oh, do they? I, I, I didn't know that. I, I, I didn't know that. Yeah, I think their levels, um, I want to say it goes up to 350 milligrams per liter uh, if you oh. have more than five grams residual sugar. Um, oh, don't quote oh, me on that. Yeah, but, well, no, I didn't. I didn't know that they they allowed more. I mean, I won't quote you on the exact amount, but I I didn't know that they allowed more for the for the sweeter wines. I mean, you know, the and there are quite a few sweeter wines that are being made in the EU. I mean, if you look at the German and uh, 
mm-hmm. well, Hungarian and, and you know, Sauternes, all these. I mean, there's a good handful of very delicious sweet wines. And you're right, the yeah. sulfate levels are usually higher in those because you want to control everything. Those things are so delicately balanced anyway, and something gets out of whack, and you don't yeah. want that. I yeah. mean, they're, they're so rare and so good anyway that takes time to put them together and so yeah i I never realized that they allowed more on those yeah yeah we don't discuss that much just because we know um you know unfortunately it's it really is it it takes a unique customer to be seeking those wines out um on a regular basis you're right for better for worse yeah i mean it's it's uh uh to begin with cost most people aren't going to uh, spring the cost on on those. They would rather get something that you know, like I say, within the first thirty days they're going to drink it anyway. And those are tend to be more of a special occasion wine than mm-hmm. well, than, than champagne even. You know, so if they're going to do that, and but yeah. I can I can see how that would really open that up as far as you know the clean freshness of the taste and the brightness that it would bring out. Um, using you know Ubu, so uh, you know that's interesting. I never thought about the sweeter wines and being filtered like that. Um, the I, I have to comment. Uh, I got uh, Ubu decanter and, and filters and the whole thing, but it came in a box. And I opened up the box, and the inside of the box, the whole lining and everything had all these symbols on it what mm-hmm. is what is that what is that all about yes so those are the uh old alchemy symbols that we that i um mentioned earlier when we came up with ulo with the u so those are all the other symbols that often um if you look at old texts or old images of um alchemist you know work those are kind of all the symbols repurposed for a modern brand aesthetic um, so we kind of like that, you know, it, it reflects James's history as a scientist. It kind of reflects um, our brand as being, you know, based in science and, and being built from that. Um, it's also kind of a reflection of wine and the history it has at our tables and, you know, being something that we all enjoy. Um, and, you know, the decanter is often one of the, the main symbols of kind of a fine European aged wine, you know, it's always at the dinner table. Um, always in the middle of the So we just thought yeah. that was a fun way to kind of, you know, inject a little bit of um, our brand and who we are into the packaging because, you know, one thing we, we realize is, you know, our glassware does take a large amount of packaging and we don't want to create, you know, just extensive waste with, you know, printing and outer packs. So we wanted to have the product in a box that could ship, but also still be a bit of a fun kind of surprise um, for customers when they open it. It was. <laughs> it worked well, for great. me. I'm going, oh, I told my, told my wife, my engineer here, she, I said, look at this. I said, this is sort of cool. I said, I wonder what all this means. And, you know, and that's something else, too. I wonder what all this means. And she goes, I don't know. A uh, little note in there, a little little thing at the bottom of something saying, you know, that they've been packaged using symbols from our uh, our history or something like that would be nice because it's just, it's cool, but it would be nice to know what is the groundwork on these things, the bottom line on, on all those symbols and everything. 
So, yeah. Well, that is. We, we might we might take that idea and run with it, and uh, you know maybe we'll we'll give credit where credit is due, or we'll just. <laughs> our own. Well, no, it's just that um, you know we look yeah. at them and go, oh wow, well that's cool. I wonder what that means. I wonder what that's all about, and, and we had no yeah. idea. It, it is cool, but you know, I mean, being curious as most people are, we we had no idea. And I looked at the package, and there was no notes or anything in there that, well, this the symbols on the box are from, you know. You know, anything like that. So, you yeah. might. You know. Well, we we definitely like that curiosity factor. We like, um, you know, getting people excited and curious about, you know, wine and and how they can enjoy it even more, or how it changes the experience and you know gets a conversation started. So, um, we're glad it yeah. did everything we wanted, and we will we will always take the opportunity to tell our kind of brand story, um, <laughs> any chance we get. So, I appreciate well, yeah, that, that idea. <laughs> that would that would be something that would be that would be fun, I think. Uh, you uh, have a blog for Hulo. Um, we do and we don't. We, you know, we are kind of more trying to focus on social media. Um, unfortunately, I think long format and short format um, blog posts aren't necessarily uh, getting the attention they deserve anymore. Um, no. So we we do have a blog, but it's not necessarily um, the prime vehicle for us to communicate who we are and and what we do. Um, Instagram, those are kind of our our main ones, and then our email list as well. Um, you know, we we still like to communicate with our our customers and figure out what they're drinking, and you know, share a little about what's coming up, um, some of the new products we release, like our Ulo Chill. Uh, so those are kind of our main tools of communication, I guess you could call it. And you mentioned the new chill purifier. I was just looking at that. Uh, uh, tell us, it's a new product. Uh, tell us how that came about and what that is. Yeah, so kind of going back to your comment about us focusing on white wine on the website, you know, we knew a lot of people were drinking white wine with Ulo. Um, and one thing, you know, we thought, hey, no one ever – enjoys their wine at the right temperature. Or I shouldn't say never, but in the U.S., most people, you know, it goes in the fridge. The fridge is too cold. You pull it out. Yeah. You know, uh, <laughs> oh, I used to preach about the, that all the time. <laughs> yeah. Maybe the second or third glass is the right temperature, but right. Uh, there's that spectrum. Um, so we, we kind of thought, well, how can we add value to the experience of, you know, purifying your wine? Um, what would be kind of the number one thing that people use? And – you know, everybody has a wine sleeve that's a chiller. Everybody puts the white wine in the fridge. Um, so we just thought, let's make it, you know, the aerator, the purifier, and the chiller. Um, mm. So you'll notice that the chill is very similar to Ulo. It's a little bit right. bigger, uh, and that's because it has an aluminum interior cavity, which you can oh. freeze. Um, oh. and it's, it's big enough that you can really reduce the temperature by 10 degrees. Now, obviously, wow. the wine's baking in a car, and it's already at 90 degrees. Um, don't bet on 10 degrees, but if it's, you know, if it's <laughs> in the house at 72, 75, then, you know. Exactly, exactly. And it'll it'll get a nice chill. Your glass will frost up. Um, obviously works with red wine and, and white wines. Um, but, yeah, we, we rolled that out in November of 2020. Um, mm. And so far, it's been great. I mean, if you want the perfect temperature wine, um, it fits. It fits the bill. And we do have some glassware coming out so that 
kind of like the decanter we have now. It'll fit perfectly. You don't have to worry about holding it. Um, you have a perfect vessel to serve in, you know. Uh-huh. Um, well, that's a good idea because so many people, I mean, I, I, that's why I chuckled and said I used to preach that. People go home and throw, I tell them, don't throw this in the refrigerator. If you're going to put it in the refrigerator for a half hour before you serve it, that's all you need to do because refrigerators are so cold. And, yeah, uh, yeah. And, and we certainly, we we realize that. We would have people who, you know, would pull the wine out of the fridge, ulo it, and then say, well, I didn't taste any difference. And, you yeah. know, the real response to that is you probably didn't taste anything because it was so cold. <laughs> um, <laughs> but, you know, we kind of saw that problem and said, you know what, we, we just need to fix this. Um, or at least, you know, make it that much easier. So now you can chill while you purify, while you aerate. And it's all in one product. You don't need to have three different things. Um, you just need to enjoy the wine. Yeah, it's a very good idea. That That is an excellent idea on that to go purifier. I, I like that. I saw yeah. that on there, and it, I, I noticed it was a new product, and I thought, wow, yeah. that is... Yeah. It took a while to figure out the cooling mechanism because we knew, you know, we can't say it's going to chill and then not have it chill. So we, we spent the better part of a year or two making sure that it really did chill the wine because um, we just knew if it didn't, you know, if we, we want to stand behind our products. We want to enjoy them. We want to use them ourselves. Um, so if it's not going to chill, it just wasn't going to fly for us. Um, so we're, we're really happy to say that it does chill. Oh, oh that's, that's great. So there you go, people. If you don't, don't freeze your wine in the refrigerator, you know, get it through the and you can do everything in one step here. Um, Awards, you guys have gotten a stack of good reviews and uh, quite a few rewards in the short period of time you've been in existence. Yeah, yeah. Um, You know, we normally don't seek them out because uh, we were just lucky that customers seemed to gravitate towards the product and and enjoy it and left good reviews. but, you know, when people come knocking and opportunities is there, we, we certainly go for it. Um, I think the the award we've had the most fun with is the Good Design Award from Australia. Um, uh-huh. It was unexpected. Um, you know, we, as I mentioned, we're sold in Australia, but we're not, you know, we don't live there. We're 12 time zones away. Um, <laughs> but, yeah, it, it, it happened, and, you know, James got to go down there, and it was um, – we didn't realize how big of an award it was, but it was, you know, black tie and big events. So wow, um, we're we're still kind of tickled about that. But um, but yeah, it's you know, the biggest reward for us is kind of our customers who love our products, who you know get a subscription to our filters so that they can have as many filters as they want. Um, uh-huh. We've had customers who've been with us for years, and um, you know that's really. That's really the reward that matters. It kind of makes us, it reminds us every day, like, oh, yeah, there's people who actually care about us and, like, care that we, you know, do this right. Yeah, Um, yeah. But the design awards are always kind of fun to think, like, wow, um, we're we're doing something right. (laughs) You're being recognized. That's always always, always good. Yeah. Yeah. It's a lot of fun, but, I mean, we we do put in, um, a lot of work and we we kind of agonize about some of the decisions you know like is this the right move is this going to be what customers want is this going to have a better experience so 
you know, anytime we win an award like that, we're always, um, we're thrilled, we're grateful, and we're kind of humbled to, to just know that we're, we're making a difference or we're, you know, bringing some enjoyment to people. Um, it's, it's a little surreal when you think about it. But, um, yeah, we're, we're very happy with all those. And, yeah. um, well, I can yeah. imagine it's just like, oh, wow, we, we, look what we've done. This is unbelievable. And, you know, it's, uh, I can understand yeah. that. Yeah. And it feels like, you know, five years ago, we were just two kids graduating from grad school, one with a PhD in chemistry and another chemical engineering. And, you know, now people, um, around the world, they, they reward right. us for how we, yeah, how we created a brand and how we, you know, made this part of the ritual of wine enjoyment. So it's it's very unexpected, but um, it's always very satisfying. Yeah, yeah, very satisfying. Mike, do you have any questions that you have I been holding? I do. Oh, good. Yes. <laughs> uh, it, it sounds like you, uh, Ulo, a whole bottle at a time, not just a glass or a pour. Uh, and so what is the process? I don't think we've covered that. And how long does it take to filter a bottle or, or, you know, go through the process here? Yeah, that is a great question. And I'm glad you asked because we do have two different types of filters. We have a full bottle filter, which will um, remove sulfites from a whole bottle. And then we also know that, you know, not everyone is drinking a full bottle every night. So we have single glass filters, um, which will filter the sulfites from a single glass about five ounces. Um, so the other part of your question is how does it work? Um, from a mechanic standpoint, it's, it's simple. You'll just separate the ULO into two pieces, put the filter in the middle, snap it back together. Um, you know, make sure the filter is kind of over the opening so that it's not, the wine isn't bypassing the filter. Uh, but from there, you just pour it into the reservoir and let it purify. Um, an average wine, it'll, it'll take just over a minute. Um, if you have a little dissolved CO2, again, getting back to those fresh white wines, um, Every wine has a little bit of CO2 dissolved in it. Fresh white wines made in stainless steel without a lot of exposure to oxygen will usually have a little bit more. Um, those can go, you know, up to two minutes. But really, as you're pouring, it's going to go through um, almost as fast. The, the only thing that slows it down is that the reservoir isn't ginormous um, and it doesn't fit the whole bottle. And that's really to make sure that it doesn't, you know, get tipped over um, from the weight of the wine or if it's a little bit off-centered. Um, so it really only takes a minute. And then if you do the whole bottle into a decanter, you can let it sit, you know, for a couple hours um, while you serve it. Some wines will last, I think, 48 hours, um, especially if you put it back in the fridge, you know, all those reactions are going to slow down at the cold temperature. Um, but other wines, you know, we do suggest enjoying it that night just because, they might have a low level of sulfites to begin with because they're meant to be consumed young. And then by removing whatever sulfites are left or added by the winemaker, you know, you just don't want to risk it. Um, and we don't want people drinking oxidized wine. So we do suggest usually finishing the bottle within 24 hours. Um, but obviously, you know, quality is such a spectrum. Level of sulfites in the wine to begin with is a spectrum. Um, so it's, I would say, anywhere within 48 hours. Um, but a very simple process. I mean, you really just, you just put the filter in the middle, pour the wine through and, and you're good to go. Well, wow, that's great. Yeah. That was my, my second question was if you are uh, processing a whole bottle, does it need to be refiltered or can, can you, 
so after so let's say you don't drink it um you're not that frequent of a of a you know finishing up a bottle can you refilter mm-hmm. it over and over or does it you know lose its uh, um, effectiveness after a certain time you won't necessarily need to refilter it because you know once the sulfites are bound to the filter they're not mm-hmm. going to come off um so they're they're gone out of the mm-hmm. wine you don't really have to worry about it um, wow. Okay. So I, I wouldn't say you need to refilter it. Uh, the only thing I would say is if you want to store it overnight, um, if you do have argon gas in any way, shape, or form, you know, just put a little spritz of that on top. That'll help it out. Otherwise, um, what I've done is I've poured it back into the bottle and just put a cork in it. I've put saran wrap over a decanter, um, or I've just let it be. And depending on the wines you're drinking, um, I have found no degradation um so but very good there there are some wines that uh i would just suggest enjoying it that night um usually at the lower price point if it's you know not necessarily a age-worthy wine or doesn't have the polyphenols or the acidity um you know removing the sulfites can can make it better in the next six hours, but over 24 hours, you know, it might not be at its prime. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, you, and now, besides the the chiller uh, that came out in, uh, I believe you said November, is there any other product that, uh, or any other products <laughs> that you are researching or developing? Uh, we are, and I will be very coy about <laughs> any other details. <laughs> Um, Give us a hand. Give us a hand. Look the other way right now if you're listening. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. We want to make it more accessible. Um, It's not the cheapest product. And there's a number of things that go into that. Um, You know, the technology is is part of it. So we want to make ULA more accessible to everyone, no matter what price point. Um, you know, we know the average price point of wine in the U.S. is under 20 bucks. Um, I'm always shocked when people call, you know, 15 to 20 dollars like a, a premium bottle <laughs> of wine. I always think like, well, don't you know about Ecam and you know <laughs> yeah. Latour and Petrus? Um, no. <laughs> so we, we know that maybe at that level of the market, um, I don't want to say we're cost prohibitive, but we want to make it uh, more accessible to that. Mm-hmm customer base. Um, so that's, that's kind of the most detail I'll give right now. Um, we do have some other kind of just fun things that can incorporate with our brand and um, ideas there. But, you know, we're still, we, we have a bit of an education um, initiative where, you know, a lot of people know what sulfites are, but on a superficial level because they're on the label. Um, yeah. You know, so we, we want to get the word out there on what they do in the wine, why they're in there, um, how our technology works. So as much as we want new products, we also just want to make kind of the wine purification lifestyle and experience front yeah. and center um, and accessible to more people. Mm-hmm. So, I don't know, hopefully that's enough detail to keep it interesting, but not uh, too little to you. Yeah. <laughs> you <know>. It piques <laughs> everyone's curiosity, and that's what we were asking yeah. for. Uh, the, they should come back to ulowine.com in a couple months or, you know, every there month you go. from here on out. Yeah. And check and see what you're doing. Uh, the filters, uh, I I use mine through it away. What happens if you reuse the filter? 
I know it's um, not recommended, but... Right. So if you reuse the filter on, like, let's say you have two of the same bottle. If you use right. that filter for the second bottle, it won't really remove sulfites. It might re remove a little bit, but then it's going to be saturated. Um, okay. so basically, it hits a point where it's just not going to bind additional sulfites. Um, and two, you know, it is nanoporous. So you can rinse it under the sink um, for an hour, and there's still going to be residual wine left over. So we don't recommend reusing it for that reason as well, um, especially if you're going to be using red or white wine, just because the moisture and the liquid of the wine that's left over in the filter, it's going to be very tough to get it out. Um, so that's why it is kind of a, a one-time use, um, and that's really the impetus for why we came out with single glass, because we knew, you know, you might open a bottle of red and a bottle of white same night, you know, have half, half a bottle of each. Um, and so, yeah, at that point, you know, do you use two full bottle filters? Do you use a couple single glass? Um, so we wanted to have that versatility. But we, we don't recommend reusing the filters for kind of a number of reasons, you know, the leftover wine. Uh, I can imagine, too, that, you know, if you don't use it within a couple of days, uh, with it being moist inside, it could start growing stuff in there. And so, yeah, yeah. That, that and we really dangerous. tried to make the filters, um, you know, the amount of filter material that's in there is really good for one bottle. Um, if we're putting more in there, you know, it's just kind of extra cost that's not really necessarily providing value to the customer. Um, so we, we've tried to get it just right. And unfortunately, that just means it's a, a one-time use. A single use. Well, I just asked him because, I mean, you know, people, well, okay, I only use it for one glass. Maybe I can just get another glass out of it and stuff. Yep. And well, so, that's where you, um, we, we do kind of recommend that you would purchase our single glass filters and some model right. filters. Um, so if you have that mix, you're kind of covered for any wine situation. There you go. Uh, any other questions, Mike? No, I'm I'm good. Thank you. That was uh, that's all I had. I appreciate it. Thanks, Joe. Before we say good night, would you give your web address and uh, any phone number, anything that people can get a hold of you if they want to talk about the ULO, or if they want to purchase it, or if they want to sign up for your emails, or everything that you can think of that would be good. Of course. Um, so our website is ulowine.com, www.ullowine.com. Um, that's where you're going to find pretty much everything. You're going to find educational. You're going to find opportunities to purchase, get a subscription to our filters, look at all our, our whole product catalog. Um, if you have additional questions beyond that, there is a support form that you can fill out and ask a question. Or if you just kind of want to bypass that, you can always email support at ulowine.com. Um, you can also email info at ulowine.com. Um, they both work. We both check them. You know, support is usually more for customer service, but it's also a great place to ask questions um, and connect with Leah, who is our customer experience manager. Um, we do have videos on our website. We have an FAQ. Um, beyond that, I mean, we are sold retail nationwide at a number of different places. Um, Williams-Sonoma, Bed Bath & Beyond, um, Amazon, obviously, um, for international lis listeners, um, visit our website, and it will show where we're sold internationally. Um, it might redirect you to an ULO website in your country um, if you need foreign language. And then um, trying to think other ways to connect. Um, always, you know, 
please follow us on Facebook. That's where you get to see a lot of kind of where we've been featured, new product releases. Um, follow us on Instagram at Ula Wine. Um, and then if you want to get in touch with me, um, you can uh, probably just follow me on Zavino. I'm, I'm probably most active on Zavino of any social media. So I'm at Chicago Joe. Um, and if you go to my profile, you'll see the Ulo, um, kind of the, uh, uh, I'm, my mind is just tired. The <laughs> symbols that you had mentioned, um, yeah. the alchemy symbols, that's the word. Um, so yeah, that, that should be, those are the best places to visit us. Um, okay. and you know, we're a small team. So if you do email support, uh, you will get a real person back. And I talk to Lee every day. So, um, you know feel free to shoot any questions that way. Um, but ulowine.com is where anything you want to know about Ulo, what's going on, kind of where we've been featured, when we're having sales, um, that's the best place to go. Very good. That is excellent. And before I forget, too, if you want to put this show tonight on your site for information about what you just talked about, which was very, very interesting and very descriptive of everything. I really enjoyed talking with you. Uh, if you want My to do pleasure. that, you, you may do so. You have permission. We don't copyright or anything like that, too. So uh, just to let you know that. Uh, thank you. Well, thank you. It was a, a, yeah, a great talk. I enjoyed it. It was very informative and uh Best of luck to you and Ulo and all that you're doing. I'm going to sign up. I just was in support and they are in to subscribe, and I'll sign up for the e-letter, and I'll start getting that in so we can see what's happening with you guys and how you're doing. And then when you become a Fortune 500 company, we'll get you back on to the <laughs> show again. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, uh you know, hopefully that happens sooner rather than later. <laughs> TBD, TBD. Yeah. But Ryan, I, I, I really appreciate it. It's been um, probably as much fun or more fun for me than than for you. And happy birthday again! Uh, oh, oh, thank the you. weekend, so you know, yeah. for that extra nice bottle. And um, yeah, I'd love go. to chat more anytime. And um, well, like I Thank say, you, I, I've signed it. up. If I start looking at uh, when you see you popping up with new products and all that stuff, uh, uh, we'll get in touch, and maybe we can get you on again and talk about those. Great. Yeah. Great. I look forward Absolutely. to it. Thank you. All right. Thank you. So, thanks. All right. Thank appreciate you. Thank you. Have a good night. All right. Oh, there they are. Wow. Okay. Interesting. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, very good. Um I was uh I wasn't sure if you uh, about the uh, the sizes there what you know uh, through the talk and everything and then when you mentioned decantering I'm like, well normally decanter you do a whole bottle. Um yes. you know, yeah. if you're good question that though, size, I, I put put that into but wasn't sure what the process was, so um, Yeah. That was good. I yeah, I you know, I just I was reading his website and it was breaking stuff down, mm-hmm. but that is a good question there. That uh, just to be sure that you know mm-hmm. people know what they're doing with the thing. I don't know. I, I yeah. I'm gonna I'm gonna have to dig out my sulfite tester and test it before and after. Just yeah. you know, I'm not a, I'm not a big fan of the sulfite removal strategy of the business, but you know, if it works for everybody. You did it yeah, you did say it made a difference uh, taste-wise. So it, it, 
brighter. Um, you know, yeah. brighter is the yeah. word I kept using, and that you know, crisp okay. and bright, and, and yeah. you know, you know, that could be just the decanting it right away and stuff like that could do it. You know, so yeah. I don't know. Uh, yeah. So, but you know, it was fun. Glad he was on. And, yeah. Uh, I had a good talk with to, him. What else do you have? Yeah, I found out some interesting yeah. stuff too. He was he was very informative mm-hmm. on that. So yeah. we are done for another well, week. Yeah, yeah. We will be back uh, let me put this on. May. Oh, already. Yeah. Okay. May the sixth. Yes it is. We'll be May the sixth. Um so I don't believe we have any guests yet lined up for that, but uh, nope. we'll keep you, keep you informed anyway. And, and again, um, people out there, if you are listening to us on different formats, uh, let us know. We mm-hmm. really would like to yeah. know what's, you know, and thanks, Gary, again for the heads up on Stitcher. We didn't realize Stitcher yeah. was carrying us. Yeah. So, <laughs> Never know. Um, yeah, Never when know. He, said, he said something about a, when you were talking about awards, you know, they're, they're not actively like seeking out or, or applying for them, but, you know, they get when they're like, oh, that's great. Well, it's kind of like our reaction exactly. when you find out, you know, oh, wow, we're number one in Brazil. And then you go, we were there. Yeah, I know. That's just like, you know, just like us. Oh, wow. We didn't know that. That's cool. Yeah, you know? yeah it's like a, it's the exact same thing. When he said that, I thought, oh, yeah. you know what? Yeah. Exactly yeah, what it is. It is exactly. We can relate to that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Good point. Good um, point. <laughs> yeah. We will. Uh, we'll see you all. Or you'll hear from us next Thursday. I see you all. But yeah. um Oh, we'll see you all next Thursday. Yeah, we'll see you next Just, just an informative show. I don't think we have guests, but we'll just we'll talk about some stuff that uh, you know. There's always things to bring up and talk about and cover and mm-hmm. all that, and so. Yeah. We will be doing that. So Yeah. Um, uh, all right, sounds good. We will uh we'll continue. Have a good week. There is there was something that I was gonna watch and I forgot to there's a there's a series going on, on Netflix. I don't know if you get Netflix, but there's a series yeah. about uh it started with um avocados uh coming in from Mexico and everything that they went through and how it was just I didn't realize all this was going on in the avocado world, but you know they talk about all these uh, uh, different different uh, food uh, products out there, and I, I can't remember what the name of it was. But um, anyway, one of the episodes is about the, uh, wine. Oh, and really? I keep forgetting to you know click on that and, and watch that episode, but there is something about wine, and um, I know the avocado thing. It was almost like. Uh, like uh, the drug runners used to, uh, you know, run drugs and stuff across the borders, and, and all, all right. of a sudden avocados take off, and avocado became the new, you know, drug, I guess, crossing the border. And people yeah. were, were being, uh, like, criminal organizations were going after it and getting involved. Wow. I mean, it was like, what? Avocados? Wow. Avocados? Avocados. And, uh, well, yeah, there's, there's, there's supposed to be a shortage of avocados. That's you know, I've been hearing well, that. Well, yeah, that's and, uh, that's part of what they're covering, and a, and a lot of it. They talked about the lack of water uh, in in uh, South America and and how it's being restricted from them. And I mean, they just it, wow, it was very fascinating. I saw a what, preview. What series? Something about Do the you remember industry. the name? It, it's 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 uh, uh no, I'll, I'll have to email it to you. Um, 
Okay. But I watched an episode and it was just like I couldn't believe the avocado was like like the cocaine or whatever a, you know a, uh, industry. I mean, it's like, what? wow, organized crime and all kinds of stuff on it, and okay. watch now be followed. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> we won't uh, we won't say his last just Mike. Yes, That's all you need yes. to know. That was just Mike. <laughs> That's right. Yes, and I'm only going to tell you I'm in Kansas, so uh, yeah. that's all good <laughs> yeah. yeah, right outside of Wichita. Uh, right yeah, out. yeah, yeah he mailed me the name of the show. I don't, I, yeah. I didn't didn't notice that out there. It, uh, yeah, it covers other it covers other food products, uh, and I and I, there was an episode, and I keep missing it on uh, wine. There's there's two one season or two seasons of it. Oh wow, like, wow that's interesting. Be, yeah, I've never heard of it. Before. Yeah, yeah. Um, well, so, good, good. Right. Thanks for sharing. I'll look for the email. Yeah, thank you. Um, yeah, I'll, I'll let you know what it is. Uh, okay, where were we? Oh, we'll see you all next we week. We were saying thanks. goodbye. Yeah. Yes, goodbye. And that's it. All right, here we go. This concludes tonight's broadcast of All About Wine with your host, Rod. Rod. For show information, links to All About Wine on Twitter and Facebook. Or to be a guest on this show, visit the show website at www.allaboutwinebtr.com. Archived shows are available for download on iTunes or on our show page at blogtalkradio.com forward slash allaboutwine. Thank you for listening. Drink responsibly, and we'll see you next time on All About Wine. Bye, everyone. That's closed. That's closed. I'm going to go to the green room.